With thoughts of summer, many of us will be looking forward to long, enjoyable days in our gardens and, of course, to another BBC Gardener's World live event, which returns to the NEC in Birmingham from Thursday the 15th to Sunday the 18th of June. Joining me to look forward to the event is head gardener at Stonelands House in Devon, an expert on woodland gardens, orchids and exotic plants, and, of course, known to thousands of eager listeners as the co-host of the brilliant Talking Heads podcast, Saw. Walker, it's all really great to catch up with you. I can't believe that that summer is beckoning. Oh, it's it's good, isn't it? You know, we've had a lovely spring, and uh, we're looking forward to summer. The gardening continues. It does. Now, the NEC in Birmingham, a big show. We'll talk about the floral marquee in a minute, which is which is where you're going to be based. But you've been to Gardeners World Live for quite a few years now. What do you most look forward to it? Do you know, it's a, such a big show. It, it, it's fantastic because it's that one time of the year where everyone gets together, both uh, my friends in gardening. I get to see Lucy, obviously, and some other friends, but also just the general public coming in and enthused about gardening. It's a fanta- it's, it's like a melting pot of, of gardening beauty. I love it. Mm, what a lovely way of putting it. Yeah. Now, you are in the centre of the brilliant, huge floral marquee, the mm. Plant Experts one-to-one advice store, where there is, um, if anybody who's been before, they will know, there is always a snake, a long snake of people queuing up to bring you <laughs> their exotic questions um and uh, and examples and photographs all wanting answers i mean do you keep a do you keep a record of how many you get in a day which you know we must get a good <laughs> 100 200 in a day definitely you know, we've started keeping a record of the more unusual questions because mm. we feel like um those are quite interesting subjects for our <laughs> podcast later later in the year. But also, it's just nice to get the trends as well. You'd be funny how uh, a certain disease or a certain thing has happened during the year due to the weather conditions early or something, and you get these trends happening. So we mm. do tend to keep a record of those as well. What's the oddest thing that you've been asked or presented with? Oh, do you know, trying to design a garden on a canal boat once because they bought in a plan of their canal boat and we were sitting. It was lucky it was later in the day. So there wasn't a queue. So we had some time with them when we were trying to set out where they were going to put everything, including some trees. And I was thinking, trees I on a canal boat. boat. Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was hoping their canal boat's very seaworthy because we didn't want to sink the thing. But yeah, that's quite an interesting thing. Designing a garden on a canal boat. Yeah. That, not a location for a Lalandii. I suspect. Is that how you pronounce it? Those those ones that that's, start off two feet tall, and then four years it. later, you have to get a guy in with a with a cherry picker to cut the top off it. Do you know? Unfortunately, most trees start about two, three, two, two or three feet tall, and they all think they're manageable. And then ten years later, you've got a you've got a triffid on your hands. So maybe not for a canal boat. No. So, so uh, the the cumulative knowledge that you and Lucy uh, and at the NEC Matt Biggs, who who joined you on that stand, that your cumulative yeah. knowledge is huge, almost encyclopedic. But have you ever been stumped by anything oh. that somebody's asked you or brought you for identification? It happens all the time. Do you know, it's mostly because I can't actually remember the name of a plant. I know what it is, but you just, it's on the tip of your tongue. So you, luckily, you, you, in this day and age, we have uh, have our phones, don't we? So you, you slightly sneak into it to see if you can remember what the names are. That's the problem with Latin botanical names. They're very hard to remember sometimes. But um, yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes things stump us. I like it when things stump us. Because that gives us a chance to uh, do a bit of research. And I do like to do research into things or learn something new. Again, you know, even after two, three decades of doing this, it's mm. nice to learn something. 
One of the advantages, um, the enviable advantages that you have, Saul, is that you are uh, immensely well-travelled. You've been to gardens all over the world. Are there any that particularly stick in your mind? Oh, there's uh, there's lots of very beautiful gardens. Um, I'm going to I'm going to give you two two examples. There's one uh, in Singapore. Well, it's the Singapore National Botanic Gardens, but specifically their orchid gardens. There, my my family used to live in Singapore, so they took me there when I was very young, and I remember seeing all the amazing exotic orchids and plants, and thinking this is exciting. You know, I, I could get involved in this. I think that started that kernel of me wanting to to do it as a profession. Um, the other garden is on the island of Madeira, where I been recently a beautiful island full of botanical wonder but uh, there's a garden there called the monte palace and uh, mm. absolutely fantastic atmospheric garden full of tree ferns cycads palms japanese got all kinds of wonderful plants there and you can get there from the cable car up from the the main city in madeira so well worth going to check that out as well mm. and, and what about the things that you have seen is there an exotic plant which has really caught your <laughs> eye do you know it happens every day that's the problem (laughs) (laughs) i should stop searching the internet or looking in books because you see something you think i wonder if i can try and grow that uh down here in devon that that's my biggest problem is that most people grow plants that they know will work i'm a bit of a sucker for punishment i want to start (laughs) trying out plants that may not work and, and unfortunately may you know die in the frost or something but i want to see if i can do it uh, uh yeah I, I i'm a glutton for punishment in that way so come on let us into a secret what exotic uh, um plant or vegetable or or fruit or whatever it is what are you, what are you trying to grow in sunny devon <laughs> well you know this year i'm going to try and grow some more passion flowers now there are a few passion flowers that are hardy uh the standard uh passiflora carulia but there are lots of varieties and different species that are starting to come on the market that are on that, again, on that borderline hardiness. So, again, I'm going to try and grow them. And I know someone won't work, but when one does, I find that very exciting because then you can sort of talk to your friends or stick it out on social media and you sort of start a new plant trend or something like that mm. so yes passion flowers is going to be my thing for 2023 watch this space that sounds yeah. exciting bbc yeah. gardeners world live is back at the nec in birmingham from thursday the 15th of june to sunday the 18th of june go to the website bbcgardenersworldlive.com for a full itinerary and of course to find out how you can book tickets and remember that at the nec the ticket also gives you entry into the food event that runs alongside it which is is very exciting um now so when you're not at gardeners world live and being a plant <laughs> expert much in demand your day job uh, as i've already mentioned is head gardener at uh, the is. lovely stonelands house uh, in devon that in itself must be in- an incredible place to work and do an incredible job you're outside enjoying your garden every single working day yeah, it's a great privilege to actually uh, do this job. Sometimes when it's bucketing it down or it's minus something, you sometimes think, what am I doing? But um, for about about 90% of the job, it's fantastic to see the gardens develop. And having a hand in it, you, it, I sort of always think, you know, with the stewards, we're the curators of the spaces we're in, and it gives us great joy to see 
the plants we plant or the, the bits of garden design we put in or the vegetable garden blossoming, blooming, and then we get the vegetables. It's, it's a great privilege. I, mm. I, I really recommend this, uh, this occupation to anyone as, as something that just stirs the soul, gives you a bit of happiness during yeah, the day. Absolutely. Now, you look after 10 acres, which um, mm. I was trying to picture in my mind. I mean, I don't know how many people can actually picture what an acre is. Is an acre about a football pitch? Is that, is that no, a I think, I think a football pitch might be one and a half. One and a half. You, okay. you, you put me on the spot so, here. So we've maybe got, yeah. let, let's say for the sake of the argument, you've got seven, between seven and eight football pitches worth of, yeah. of land to, to look that's at. About that's about it. That's which a, which means right. you've got the opportunity to grow some amazing things. Um, there will be yeah. lots of people who have much more modest spaces. Yeah. Um, yeah. How can they maximise the space that they've got? You know, good design is the key. And I think design is... Many people think that's unobtainable, especially if they think it's quite expensive. But actually, all you need to do is sit down with a, a very rudimentary plan of your garden and just put in the elements. Just start working little squares and, and circles and things where you're going to put plants and just get a good design for you. And also get the elements that you want in your garden. So have a think of a, a list of the things you want. Do you want a, a patio area or a decking area to sit, a barbecue, all those kind of things? And then how do the plants fit around that? And just get good sight lines within your garden. So if you've got a view that you want to keep, make sure you keep that open or, or framed, maybe with some shrubs and some trees. There's lots of things to think about, but actually sitting down and actually having a thought about design first is a good way of planning a garden for the long term. I guess everybody's needs from their garden are different, aren't they? And if you've they got are, a small yes. sitting out area that, you know, mm. a lot of people talk about having sliding doors and the, the, the garden coming into mm. the house. I, I suppose the basic is working out what you want to use your garden for. Yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of people want to use it, obviously, for entertainment recreation and rest these days but some people want to use it for productive means you know making vegetables some people like the cut flower element so they like to bring flowers into the house some people just want it like me just to grow a varied number of plants so a lot of greenhouses and and cloches and cold frames all that no design really just a just a mess of plants but definitely think about what you want first it's the same as if you were going to design a room in your house you know you want to think about what furniture you want to put in there and exactly what you're going to use it for treat your garden the same hmm, an interesting way of looking at it um so summer plants um lots of them on display obviously and then the beautiful borders we've got and lots of displays and the show gardens and the opportunity in the floral mm. marquee um to buy lots and lots of plants um you have a favorite for summer uh, a favorite garden or a favorite a plant? favorite plant a favourite plant for summer. Well, I absolutely uh, adore exotic plants, as, as most people I like talk to know. But um, I love gingers, so ornamental gingers rather than the than the eating ginger. Mm. And they're a little late summer, so they start flowering around August into September. But a fabulous exotic bloom with spicy scent. So I think, yeah, if I was to have a a, a, a plant on a on a desert island for summer, it'd be the ginger. Mm. I I did a, a thumbnail test when I was. Um, having a little libation the other night and uh, the people in the bar and you know what came out top dahlias right. oh god sorry i'm not a big fan <laughs> i'm just about to alienate half the audience but uh dahlias aren't my favorite uh plant i i do like the more simple dahlias but it's the very elaborate pom-poms and spider dahlias that i'm not a 
massive fan of. They make a statement, Disney. don't they? Anyway, you obviously they don't do. like I a statement. That's why, let's well, move on. Yeah. <laughs> Some people like a statement. I'm not a dame. So, um, on that basis, you you must have the opportunity to go around and talk to all of the the plant growers and, mm. and the people that are there. And do you do you look to take something new home, or is there something that you've got your eye on this year that you've heard about that you you want to take home with you this year? Yeah, what's nice about being within the industry is you know a lot of the nursery people, and you get to know what they're going to grow for in a year or two years time it's a little bit of insider knowledge bit of insider trading so there's a lot of people who i'll be saying oh when that is uh, ready to sell make sure you put a pot of it behind for me so uh generally that's that's quite a nice privilege to have but um there will be a few uh, growers that i'll probably be contacting beforehand to see if things are ready and they can bring it up to the... the good thing is is because i'm in devon i'm out of the way so i don't get to visit the nurseries <laughs> so when i get up to birmingham all the nurseries come to me which is fantastic and they can bring the plants with them bbc gardeners world live is back at the nec in birmingham from thursday the 15th of june to sunday the 18th of june Tickets are available for the show by going to bbcgardenersworldlive.com where you can also find out what the fantastic itinerary is for the four days and, of course, how you can catch up with Saul Walker. Um, Saul, just finally, um, this year is coronation year and it the is. headline show garden, um, which promises to be uh, stunning from what I've read, is a garden fit for a king, um, which is interesting, isn't it? Because um, King Charles has for many, many years championed horticulture yes, and gardening yes. and sustainability, hasn't he? Yes, he's been a very, uh, you know, his garden at Highgrove, and if you haven't had the chance to visit, you should, has been an amazing garden for many decades even, but also illustrating principles of organic growing and growing with the environment in mind. One of the things that I love that he loves is hedge laying. Uh, I hedge lay here at uh, Stonelands, one of our long hedge hedges. We cut it down every year and put it into that elaborate fence-like uh, arrangement, and he loves that. So, uh, yeah, I do like some of his gardening principles. Now, I'm assuming that you will be having a day off for the, for the coronation uh, later in the year. Are you going to be watching that on TV, or are you going to be toasting uh, the king uh, in your garden? Do you know what, Steve? I'm not going to be having a day off. We, I am arranging the Devon Orchid Society <laughs> spring show for that weekend. Unfortunately, it f- he he we booked it before him, so uh, he hasn't <laughs> rearranged the coronation for us. So, unfortunately, on the Saturday, I'm going to be uh, putting up um, some displays of orchids for the Sunday. The show is on the Sunday, so I will keep an eye on one eye on the TV if I can, because it is a historical moment. It hasn't happened. For many decades so uh, it would be worth uh, at least keeping an eye on it but i will be up to my eyeballs in orchids i'm afraid for that weekend <laughs> so as always an absolute pleasure to catch up with you thank you so much for your time and uh, we're all looking forward to bbc gardeners world live at the nec all too soon absolutely looking forward to it